know we're counting down. Hold on. Got to cover up. Welcome. Shit. Welcome, welcome, as Rod <laughs> slides into his seat at the last second. What? Welcome to 3R Sports with Robbie Davis, Rod Meta, and Randall Cunningham. And I'm having all kinds of trouble with camera right now. But it looks clean. Welcome to it's Tuesday night, y'all. Robbie, welcome back home, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, well, uh, I'm a thousand dollars poorer. Thank you guys for who who uh, I guess thank you and not thank you. Uh, in the past week, my wife was able to raise um, over a thousand dollars for Dare to Dance wow. and the Kidney Foundation. And true to my word, I matched that um, just before we got on air. So that if any of you guys donated, thank you. Um, and she keeps marching forward. Um, she's up over $20,000 now. Oh, my um, God. Foundation. So and, thanks. And can we officially announce that 3R Sports is a sponsor of the event coming up? Yes, we, we can. Will, we will have a representation there and something we're very proud of and of course, with this crowd, we sponsored, what would we spot? The bar. Yes. So 3R Sports is at the bar. And hopefully hopefully the drinks don't kick in and I don't do another match this week. Hey, All right. Rob, when is the event everybody. for everyone? It is, it, it is October the 23rd. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock at the convention center. Um, for all of you sports fans, uh, they did they did not do a great job at look at the calendar. That is Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, well, they uh, did a great job. If you don't want to go Tennessee, Alabama, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I told I told I Allison I'd be at I'd be at the bar, and about when it gets out of hand is about the time. Well, it'll probably get out of hand in the first quarter, but I'll stay. I'll watch till halftime and then go in the event. All right, Robbie Davis is in the house. We welcome from L.A. Not. South Central, Mookie from Nashville. Yeah, he is from Nashville. Yeah. uh, Was committed to Tennessee before being drafted. I didn't know that. I did know that. Uh, I was pretty amazed he was from Nashville. Uh, Amazing player. Bless you. Uh, I'm actually going to be broadcasting from Southern California next week. Uh, Finally able to head home after the pandemic. So my little one is very excited. We're probably going to one or two Dodger games, which is he's been watching the NLCS from last year constantly on YouTube. So sorry about that, Randall, despite the A on your hat. That was the one where the Dodgers were down a three to one in case anybody forgot and uh, came back to win the series. Let me series. find the mute button here. Hold on just a second. <laughs> he loves it, though. It's crazy. Like, I didn't – I mean, more excited than I ever was at that age. And – uh yeah, he's just—he already packed a suitcase, which would, consisted of all Dodger stuff, Bellinger jersey, Mookie jersey, and uh, yeah, he's ready to go. Is, we go, we is go. that heat wave in? Is it hitting LA, or is that just in the Pacific Northwest? It's hot there, but not like the Pacific Northwest. They had a oh. uh, oh, exceptional heat like a, a week ago, I believe, or two weeks ago, but nothing like what we're seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Since his uh, dad stinks at giving us updates from sporting events, we think we can get a little correspondent to send us some pictures to River City Media. Yes. I think that's a great assignment. I just created him a job at River City Media. He will do it for him, Raj. 
just let him take the pictures of the games and upload them to River City Media, and that will be our special correspondent. Done. Uh, he'll love it. I'll love it. So Now, he's two uh, years younger from, I think, the other kids, what, nine or 11, and that kid's a superstar. So you got to give him two years if that kid's the standard, which he shouldn't be because that kid's amazing. Uh, but he knows his stuff. Uh, he knows the Dodgers. Doesn't like Freddie Freeman, which is the first person on earth. Even I like Freddie Freeman from Fountain Valley, California. Uh, he likes Acuna, but he calls him Freddie Fartman. I think I've said that before. Uh, but uh, much to my wife's dismay. Anyways, we will definitely have a, a, a correspondent out there. Uh, one other question before we go on any farther. Hmm. While you are in California, will you be going to the basketball arena and just getting down in like Hail Mary and the Staples Center any, or are you just going to be able to stay away from it? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. The last time I was able to go home was Christmas, what, 2019. And we got to see USC play at Staples. And since it was USC, I think they played LSU or Texas A&M. Uh, I was able to get, we were right behind the basket. So I had my shot that time. Um, yeah, I've been to Staples and Galen Center, neither very full when the USC's basketball's playing, but I'll see what I can do. That's the bottom line. All right. Interesting. We're talking about everybody's sports uh, craziness right now. Mr. Robbie Davis of 3R Sports, this week you are able to experience something that not everybody can unless they were willing to write a check. And evidently somebody in front of you that wrote a check also crashed a NASCAR. Robbie took place in the NASCAR, was supposed to be a drive-along. It ended up being a ride-along. But, Robbie, you came back on fire. Tell us about your your trip to NASCAR land. Um, yeah, so the people that watch the show, people that know me know that I am I am a NASCAR fan. Uh, just I just like it. I've never been to a race. I, I just It's always fascinated me. And I really got into it in college, and I've been into, into it ever since. Didn't grow up racing, just kind of started watching it and got into it. Don't know much about it. Don't know much about cars. It just kind of interests me. Well, yeah, so uh, um, got this package, uh, I guess, probably two years ago now, and it's been postponed a couple of times. Uh, um, so I was able – the package was a uh, three-lap ride-along with a – professional driver and then get in and drive 10 yourself. And so um, we get there, some complications. One, uh, and this is of no fault of the people putting on the event. They were all very nice. But uh, we get there and it's packed because it's everyone from November of last year that got pushed into this. They only do it two times a year at National Motor Speedway. So we got pushed to this date. Uh, so it was overcrowded to start with. Had some rain, got a rain delay, had a little track dry, and um, then there was um, a, a slight wreck on just one of the uh, lower level cars. Um, but I got that cleared up, and then I got to take my ride along with the professional driver. A um, couple takeaways. One, it's insanely hard to get in those cars, and it's just you twist your body in an odd way. I understand why. So in my on the way up there, I was thinking, I was like, why don't drivers drive old to older, and why don't they, you know, going to be now, on? Yeah, it is hard to get in those cars, and it is tight, and you you're looking straight forward. 
you, I mean, most of the, you're low to the ground and like going around it, you can't see the, like the grandstands, like you're in there and you are so close to the road. Um, and then the amount of information that you have to take in and figure it out and the speed at which you're doing it. Um, I mean, I was just like, so, you know, it's four turns and you're, you know, and you, where you're passing, where you're going to pass, where you're going to, you know, lay back. And this was just us, just us the only car on the, the track. And it, it's so hard to keep track of what's going on and even pit row. And it's just like, it's amazing. And I can't, I just can't imagine one for doing it for four hours at that speed. And with, you know, 40 other cars on the track uh, and going three wide and, you know, in our training, they were just like, you know, there's no tread on the tires whatsoever. So if you slam the gas, you are, you're going, you're hitting the wall. Like you're, you're, you can't control them. And so just, just really a great respect for what they do. And I was thinking like, I was driving with somebody that's not even good enough to make any of the series. Like he's just, that's his job is just twice a year to go out and drive uh, this car. And so it was amazing. I didn't get to drive. We, there was, so, so somebody, uh, I don't know who he was, but they, it was a $900 upgrade to buy like the most recent car that had been on the, the cup series. Right. And so he, he did it and he was giving it hell and I was impressed. I uh, watched him go around and then all of a sudden the track goes silent and uh, he wrecked it. <laughs> and so uh totaled it. And then that th that ended the day for everybody. And so I got a rain check and I, I guess I'll be going back in November for my driving time. Hey, and just we let's put a picture of that on the three R's uh, website. If you can send me, I think I have it still. Um, yes, I will send it right now to you again. Hey, um, we'll have it posted at the end of the show so you can see what it's like. So you, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, you have a newfound respect for drivers and that kind of goes to the question. I agree with it now, but you know, that's the age old debate. Are golfers athletes are race car drivers athletes? And is that relative to the four major sports? I mean, four hours in that thing. I mean, you, you can't be some lard butt, you know, doing that yeah. stuff. Golfing, you know, you walk a hundred holes in four days and see how you feel. Uh, you know, is it a, are they skill events or are these true athletes? So, and, and what I would say is, do you consider um, triathletes, I mean, uh, or uh, Ironman people or marathon runners, are they athletes? I mean, you're doing something that's extremely difficult for a long time, long period of time. And you put on NASCAR, the mental and the physical strain on your body. And um, I mean, I think I do think golfers are athletes. However, all of us can get up in any condition and go play golf. We're people. Some people are better than all that. There is no way you can get up and say, I'm going to go race those cars around a, a, a track like that and make it out unscathed. It's just, it was just impossible. I mean, I mean, and, and I was with, you know, I'm not a car guy. Like I said, the people that were there though were car guys and, you know, grew up at least racing in their, their, their towns and had experience and there were still wrecks and it was just them on the road by themselves. I mean, not on them by themselves, but it wasn't, you know, drafting and uh, turning. The other thing I want to make, bring the amount of trust 
that the drivers have to have with their spotters and how all of that works together is amazing. Very so, cool. I, you know, uh, and we've talked about it briefly here. I'm a huge IndyCar fan, which seems like would be your sport, Rob, and I'd be the NASCAR guy, but we're opposite. And when I had a chance to go do the NASCAR ride alone, they didn't tell me not to do it, but they said that at 6'5 and 265, it probably wouldn't be a very a pleasant experience. Yeah for me to get into that car. But I've also set into a uh, an Indy car. And, and if you're over 5'5", five, five, you're not getting into that car. I don't know if it's a sport, but it is definitely endurance. And it mm -hmm. is a mental game that none of us, not me included, can probably understand. Do you it's think... The... Oh, Go ahead, Roger. I was going to say it's the loudest thing I've ever seen. I've been to the Long Beach Grand Prix and... Talk about a newfound respect. It was awesome, and people loved it. I mean, Formula One was was huge. Right, wait, is that different than IndyCar? Yes. Oh, my apologies. Whatever the Long Beach Grand Prix was, <laughs> that was the coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's yeah, it's it a was, race. Yeah. It, it, it's a race with cars, but it was loud as you know what, but very cool. Is um, In your opinion, Raj, is it a sport? Or are they athletes is the question. It's a are sport. They, it's a sport, yeah. Yes. There were times where I didn't believe that was the case. You know, I would bring up, you know, our billiards players that play 20 tournaments in a day or ping pong players. Are they athletes? I mean, why not? It's 2021. Let's expand our horizons and definitions and conceptions. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, even if I could drive – 500 laps doing those things. I mean, if every, it was easy, then everybody would do it, especially everyone in the South. No offense, yeah. but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's for the special, for the elite, for the one percenters. Hey, 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 the best, uh, well, one of the best drivers ever, Jimmy Johnson is from California. Yeah. The rainbow warrior, whatever they call it. No, that was Jeff yeah. Gordon. Oh, He's my from also. Yeah, he is from California. Yeah, they're both Wait, from which, California. But people respect Jimmy Johnson. People weren't all that stoked on Jeff Gordon, right? Jeff Gordon I, was one of the first that was from outside the South. And uh, that kind of, and, and going against Earnhardt. And then um I mean people I mean essentially Jimmy Johnson just dominated and they had to change the rules for him. Uh, he won seven seven in a row, and it was just like we got we have to change the rules. Wow, I didn't know that. Interesting. So Brenda Jane said, of course, golfers are athletes. Golf is nowhere near as dangerous as NASCAR. If you go out and golf and shoot 107, you still golfed. If you go out and make a half a lap around the track and crash, you still drove. That's the difference between us and the pros. Uh, Chang always has a lot of input, and I, I tend to agree with him. <laughs> I used to I used to absolutely not believe that NASCAR was a sport or athletic. I thought it was just engine, whoever the best engineer was team one every week. But having been to a, a bunch of races now, IndyCar and NASCAR, man, there's a talent to drive a car into a corner at 200 miles an hour that's as rare as being able to hit a baseball 
thrown 99 miles an hour, in my opinion. Yo, Cheney's the king, but I didn't quite follow that logic. Uh, that's the first time. I'm sorry to call you out, bro, uh, but I still love you. Oh, I think what he was saying is you can mess up a golf course and you're still a golfer, but if you drive a car half a lap, are you a racer? Another discussion, though, correct? I guess they're all athletes, though, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, if you play some of those tougher courses – I mean, look at the U.S. Open. When that rough is up there, I mean, to be able to – the hand-eye coordination um, and to be able to – I mean, the muscle it takes and the, the precision to chip out of that or get out of that and, um, yeah, angle the ball and back – I mean, it's it's a lot of – talent it's not something just anybody can go out there and do right not easy robbie um and the last question about nascar you said you've never been to a race is this now something you want to do after being to the lot or drive along do you want to go to a race oh i mean i've always wanted to go and it's just never it, like for some reason i always have bristol and something comes up um and then i was supposed to go to talladega and i broke my foot um I want to go to Atlanta this summer. I think it's the 24th, like the week after my birthday. So I may try to sneak down there and go. Um, I can tell you after the experience, though, of um, Allison being in the sun waiting on me to go, uh, she will not be going with me. She she was not impressed. I've, I've, been, to, I've been to Talladega. I've been to Bristol. Uh, I've been to one of the old North Carolina tracks, North Wilkesboro. But I'm telling you, the funnest I ever had was at Bristol. And I think it's because at Bristol, you can see the whole track and you don't lose track of the drivers. And it's it's really yeah. different. Ironically, you've seen a football game in Bristol, but not a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another ultimate irony is my sister, who knows nothing about sports, but tends to watch due to her New England-based husband, She's been to Fontucky. That's Fontana, but everybody calls it Fontucky. And she said, like, the first 10 minutes were the coolest thing ever. But after that, she was like, you know, she's a physician, so there's only so many beers she can drink despite being in the Metha family. And then it it took, like, four hours to get out of the parking lot. So she was like, overall, something cool to experience, but you got to really love racing. Because I've had opportunities to go, but – she was uh, quite persuasive from my perspective. I'd like to go for like 15 minutes and bounce and drink a lot of beer and maybe see the pit or wherever all the boobs are. What do they call that, uh, that area down by the – Infield. 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 that. That would be pretty cool. Well, ironically, this is setting up to a nice lead to our next story. Um, this weekend, it was a great – Sunday to the finish of the TPC. Also, we saw a Baylor graduate. I don't know if we call him a Chattanooga native, but a Baylor graduate win on the PGA Tour. But it definitely was a great Sunday. Second longest playoff in PGA history. Robbie, I believe you might have attended that same Forsyth School. Were you excited for Mr. Harris English to get a win on the PGA Tour? Yes, I I was excited. Uh, Yes, Harris graduated in 07. I graduated in 03, so we missed each other, I think, a little bit. 
Um, I think I want to say one of his older brothers uh, was there when I was there. Um, they're, they're a good family. Um, and then, but yeah, I was excited for that. Um, nice. You know, anytime you see a Baylor grad out there doing good things, uh, actually I think of the, it's something crazy. I think of the 140 PGA tour cards out there. I think six are Baylor grads. Um, which is, with five, but yeah, you're right. Some, something along those lines, but yeah, some, I mean, for a school that's not necessarily, I mean, there's not a golf course. I mean, there's some, there's like three holes on campus, but it's not something like a golf mill, but just kind of crazy that uh, um, they, they're all from there. Actually, Luke List um, was a boarder his first two years with me and our friend Lanier, um, who's in our fancy league, who comes on here occasionally. Um, he was a boarder with us, and so he graduated with us. So, yeah, some good golf blood. I missed most of the tournament um, because I was – driving the NASCAR. I did get home and uh, started getting texts like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So flips it on. I saw the thing, the last three playoff holes. Talk about clutch golfing, them going back and forth and uh, the ball bouncing the right way. And uh, But, yeah, really, really happy for Harris and uh, good for good for this area. And uh, what, a, what a great – and talk about a grueling match and the both stamina and physically and mentally to get through that. He, it's like Baylor's full of uh, wealthy white kids or something. I mean, what a surprising <laughs> statistic. Uh, yeah, let me let me. I'll bring up something Baylor at the end of this conversation. I want to I want to bring up some other Baylor's sports is becoming on par with some of the elite prep schools in America. Suck it, Macaulay. Uh, <laughs> right now, as we said, Baylor stands to have possibly a first round baseball choice and possibly a second round baseball choice. Wow. Um, Raj, did you get to see any of the match? And does that drama to casual fans of eight playoff holes, is that something golf needs is a little more excitement and some alternative finish that maybe brings excitement to Sunday? Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't watch it live, but I can't imagine as somebody who – has not really golfed a ton, but enjoys it and realizes how difficult it is and the pressure based upon like what's in your head to have eight hole playoff, a eight hole playoff. I mean, that's gotta be insane, let alone for a young guy right on that type of stage. Um, it was pretty cool to see. It kind of reminded me of uh, like the U S open. I think it was like maybe six or seven years ago that went like 16, 14 in the fifth set, you know, I mean, every even you know, like I said, my my mom and sister saw that and took took notice. Uh, yeah. It was really cool to see, and those guys were nails, man. I mean, uh, I I couldn't imagine it. I really couldn't. Like I would pass out and start drinking beer after the first whole playoff if I made it. Um, so whenever I tuned in, whenever I got to the TV, um, the crowd was very much already for Kramer, Channing Kramer. Um, was that like that the whole day, uh, or or did that come in the playoff? Did they start to pick a side? I I, I joined about seventeen on. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think Harris was the uh, not the popular pick the whole time that I watched. Yeah. Just and we didn't rehearse this, but I, I just want to bring up that Baylor now has won three baseball titles. They're a perennial football 
champion. Their basketball team is going all over and playing like these IMG academies and stuff. Is Baylor becoming the elite of Tennessee sports, Robbie? Um, we still have a problem with Macaulay and football. Yeah, well, that exists. <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair, um, you know, Baylor has always, even when I was in school there, they always a great swimming program, a, a fantastic tennis program. Um, Raj may call these the country, the white country club kid sports. If he don't, I uh, <laughs> uh, and and wrestling programs, and so they they've always been good. At, now that the basketball program is getting better, uh, you're starting to get more statewide recognition. I mean, Baylor has no shortage of funding and resources and facilities. So, in a way, this is where the expectations are. And so, while they're coming up into the scene and being uh, statewide recognizing and then uh, recognition and then more nationwide and regional-wide. I mean, that's where Baylor should be. Um, there, There's there's no reason for them not to. I mean, you know, co- coaches are uh, – and I, I don't know this. I presume they're getting six-figure salaries, uh, probably they, even higher than that. They hire uh, a basketball coach. Yep. What's your tuition? I think they're getting six-figure salaries. Yeah, I, I mean, they were getting six figures when I was there, which was in '99 to '03. So I'm sure it's up, up, up there in the six figures. But yeah, they they, they routinely hire from colleges uh, to come down to high school to coach. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this that's the expectation. So, what about a baseball program right now? Their shortstop is from New York. Their first baseman's from Chicago. The, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely boarding school. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. The young man I'm <laughs> talking about being a first-round pick is named Cooper Kenny. I went to high school with his dad, Mike, in oh, Ray County. But Cooper's dad, Mike, is the head baseball coach of Baylor now. So oh, wow. that's a story what, that what I, a, I'm going to try to get him on the show here at some point. We, uh, cool. we learned that from the USC playbook, you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> What, what what's what what is what is your coaching credential? What's your resume? Oh, you have an awesome son. <laughs> that's what that's what we're looking for. Well, the other thing is they used to say about USC. How come Reggie Bush and Lendale White and Matt Leinart didn't do well in the pros? And they said, well, it it was a they basically it was a loss of money, pay grade or pay. What's the they, phrase? They couldn't live their lifestyle. Long story short, they made less money. Um, uh, actually. My high school, Huntington Beach Baseball, home of uh, Tony Gonzalez. I, I love where I grew up. I don't agree politically. But there's a lot of patriots there and Minutemen. But, uh, yeah, Huntington Beach Baseball has been very good nationally. Uh, back to the high school in Tennessee discussion where Jalen Ramsey went. Even I knew about Brentwood Academy, right? That They're pretty much yeah. next level out of Nashville. Uh, so many guys have come out of there. But, yeah, you're hearing Chattanooga area – private schools on, on the national map. And I think that's pretty cool. IMG and Oak Haven and places like that. Um, the last, last thing, and we'll move on. We got a lot to cover. People criticize Baylor and they criticize that Baylor is able to do what they do. But Robbie, I'm going to ask a theoretical question. If you're a family with not the financial means to send your child to Baylor, but he's a great athlete and Baylor has the ability to 
to to to allow him to go there. Is it not absolutely crazy for these families to go, no, I want to stay at some rural school? Baylor education will change their kids' life for the better. Do you do you get the argument people make that it's unfair competition? Uh, I am an alum of that said school. Can we talk about a hypothetical, maybe like Macaulay? Well, Macaulay, Brentwood. <laughs> yeah. Penny, so, Penny uh, Hardaway is doing it at a public school in Memphis. Yeah. Um, so I have, um, not a friend, but, um, an acquaintance that I know that I went to high school with, he, uh, was from Cowan, Tennessee, small town, just at the bottom of Swanee mountain. He, um, was able to board at some boarding school in Chattanooga and he did it for a Legal. year. Legal. Yes. Yeah, for a year. And, just, it, it's hard when you're 15. Um, yes. I got a little homesick. He got homesick. He, he transferred out back to his public school in Franklin County. Um, I was able to stay. Um, I see him occasionally um, around town if I'm over there. Um, said it's the biggest regret he ever, it was his biggest regret of his life because that would have changed yes. his life, staying there, graduating, and, you know, Baylor, Macaulay, the GPS, the schools in this area, the private schools, uh, they have a hundred percent college acceptance rate. They all go to college, and 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 not the college is the end all be all, but it helps. Wow, um, it, it's just not Chattanooga. It's Brentwood Academy. It yeah, is, yes, it is. It's MUS. It's, it's MUS. CPS, uh, um, it CPA Christian in Atlanta. It's Best Academy. There's, yeah, there's places. It is. Uh, but, it is crazy to think people think they should turn down an opportunity to have their kid attend this school. Yeah, but but to answer your question, um, I mean, I don't know what what it's called financial assistance. Uh, I know it's not called scholarships or financial aid, but I'm sure there's there's exceptions made and and yes, I mean, I'm I'm of the belief like if you can help people and these private schools have the endowment and they can take some money out of there and help a kid and whether it's sports academics ideally it's it's both it's helping them with sports and academics and if one path doesn't work out the other one will and give it to somebody and give them a break um yeah, i know uh this i mean uh baylor tuition for boarding student now it wasn't when i went to school but now for a boarder it's like $53,000. Um, I mean, yeah, they can afford to give a kid a break. Um, if he's both academically and athletic, he or, or she academically and athletically able to meet the curriculum and compete in sports. And that can be generational in, in terms of the opportunity for socio and it's an issue of socioeconomic status. It, it doesn't matter race involved but yet yeah, i or you know one issue i have is i wish as many academic scholarships were given as athletic as they give athletic scholarships uh but i really don't have hard facts or data on that so i can't quite uh make a, a absolute judgment uh but yeah i agree with you i mean the more opportunities that are given i think people are realizing in a lot of these private schools you charge 53 grand for a high school good grief uh, you better have some sort of endowment to help out kids uh, 
of a lesser socioeconomic status. Um, I think that's very cool. We, we're dealing with it, and my daughter has a friend going to a private school for some academic reasons, too. Good. So I do, I do awesome. appreciate that, that this, they are some elite academies in our area that does this. Now, Hamilton Heights may be the opposite of this, for you don't know about Hamilton Heights. It's mainly a border school, and it's mainly a basketball place, just like Oak Hill is in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton Heights doesn't work the way Baylor or Macaulay does. But Hamilton Heights is not TSSA regulated. Baylor plays in a division now where all these things are legal and more power to them. So I, I congratulate them. Hamilton Heights can play a state of Tennessee high school, but it does not count against anybody's record officially. So I'm sure uh, you guys have heard of modern day in Southern California. Absolutely. They're, they're pretty much a beast. They actually have different tuition rates for Catholics and non-Catholics. Uh, I knew a lot of Indian kids that suddenly became Catholic uh, to save a thousand bucks. St. John's Bosco, um, you know, it, it's nothing new internationally or really internationally. Uh, but the Chattanooga private school, at least from athletic perspective and certainly academic, uh, in the last 10 years has increased in reputation uh i didn't know about it now i have friends back home that are very well aware of macaulay and baylor and ted turner and and, uh it's very impressive the the development of of those programs and i didn't know they hired college coaches and stuff but uh that's pretty cool if you ask me they once hired utc's coach is that good or bad Uh, that was bad at the time he's gone too Okay. All right. So we've sung those praises. And, and again, I th- I'm grateful our city has wonderful places like Baylor and Macaulay and GPS and others that are able to do this and Chattanooga Christian and some other schools. But let's move on. So one of the open topic is like a big, nasty, bleeding wound for me right now. And, and I'll tell you what got me thinking about it is I saw a article published in a, one of the old sports magazines that still publishes, uh, I think it was Sporting News, that had college football teams by tiers. Tennessee and Nebraska both were in tier five with Purdue, not even TCU, they were above them. Um, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Present team, not traditional program history, which obviously Tennessee is not a tier five school, but at present, I mean, can you argue with it? I I didn't, but that all being said, Nebraska, Tennessee, true blue blood schools, in my opinion, how do we start defining success for those two schools? Nebraska is as irrelevant as Tennessee is. Robbie and I became on the air and we talked about the kids that are being recruited right now were one the last time Tennessee played in the SEC championship game. How and lost. And lost. Um, how do you start? What do you, Robbie, you're a Tennessee graduate. What do you find as defined success in 2021 for Josh Hopple and his program? Success. 
Um, for for Tennessee this year. Um, or Nebraska, or both. Whoever you well, want to talk about. Well, let, let me let me go overall. Um, Nebraska has an excuse for their decline. They switch conference. No nas- no natural rivalry. People aren't moving to Nebraska. They're not a national brand anymore. They play in the Big Ten West. Um, they're out of place. Nobody wants to go there. Uh, Tennessee, people are moving here. Nashville's growing like crazy. Atlanta's growing like crazy. Charlotte's growing like crazy. The, the, the circle you can draw around – Chattanooga's growing like crazy. The circle you can draw around Knoxville and all these growing areas – um, they've been. They're still in the SEC. That Florida's been down. South Carolina's down. Like all these, only except for Georgia, everyone in the East has been down. And Tennessee can't get underneath themselves. They can't get their feet underneath themselves. There's just no excuse for it. You got the SEC money, the SEC network. We've been good at basketball. We're good. The fan base is there. I mean, Nebraska's a fan base too. Uh, there's just kids. Kids still get to see Tennessee play in marketable games. But they're just not putting it together. And so, to me, I don't even compare Tennessee and Nebraska because I think Nebraska has some things that just aren't going their direction where Tennessee shouldn't be that way. Um, how I would define success for this first year? Really just not getting embarrassed in our three big games, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Um, Florida should be down. We should at least hang with them and then – just not get blown out by Georgia and Alabama. Um, the Every other game, you know, ball bounce here, ball bounce here. We've all been over the spectrum. I think four and seven, five wins is probably the ceiling that I see. Um, yeah, it could be six. Um, I don't see any more than six. And so – but just show – and really just improving. Um I think there's a lot of turnover, new staff. I'm not sure how much they've been able to practice um, with the COVID protocols, and it's been weird. But um, just some some competitive and just really playing hard and not quitting at the end of the game and developing some talent, just showing some progress. I, I don't think there's a win total because, I mean, honestly, they could go 2-10 and 10 or 2-9. and nine, But if they're getting better, um, then, all right, I mean, we've got – a short recruiting class, and then a whole class pretty much transferred. And so, I mean, Heupel's got his work cut out. He's building from the ground up again. Rog, to Robbie's point, is the word embarrassment part of this conversation? That Tennessee, they just kicked their number one recruit uh, from last year off the team, Caden Salter. You're not an SEC guy. You're not a Tennessee guy. But is the image a problem at Tennessee now? Football, Tennessee football. My first game ever when I was in graduate school, came down from Ohio for Tennessee, Florida. We lost Kevin Smith and the Kevins and all these guys from California, from USC to Tennessee. I was thinking, like, I didn't even know where Knoxville was. And I consider myself fairly educated. When I came to that game and walked around, and saw the strip and the fans and the water. And uh, I couldn't, I, I understood. It, it, it was, honestly, it was 
it was kind of magical. And, and that stadium was electric. And I haven't seen Knoxville like that since that moment. Um, I, I Robbie pretty much Mike dropped it. Nebraska has a lot of issues. They, they really haven't ever had a rivalry. They, they've had Oklahoma, et cetera, but they have Texas. They played Colorado consistently on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, there were some memorable games, but, and it's also whatever, you know, the triple option doesn't really work anymore. And mm-hmm. whatever they did to get the guys like Tommy Frazier, they're not getting them now. And I don't think anybody wants to go to Omaha. Um, Knoxville, not exactly, you know, the most cosmopolitan area in the world. But if I was a kid and I looked at Tennessee with their facilities, obviously they're following. I mean, I just think the fans are better. Are they an embarrassment? There has been times in the last few years, I think everyone would agree that they were an embarrassment. Uh, It's an administrative issue, in my opinion, and a coaching issue are hand in hand. Uh, But there is no reason why Tennessee should be this bad. I mean, they're a very iconic team. No one else ever in any sport has that color orange or, you know, it's everyone knows about Tennessee, whether – I mean, they must acknowledge it. So I think Tennessee, but it's very hard this day and age. And when you're competing against Alabama, Georgia for recruits, I don't know how you turn it around. I I would define success. I agree with Rob that I think this is a four or five win team. I know a lot of people that drink the Kool-Aid every year and they say six or seven wins. They look more disciplined, et cetera. And, And I would agree with Rob. And that's how you show that you're a better coach team, that you're improving based upon discipline execution. Um, you know, I, I commend Hypo for kicking Salter off. You know, it was the second time the kid got busted with weed. You know, back in the day, we all used to sweep that under the rug, but no longer. And you, you gotta be smarter. And uh, he's doing the right thing. And eventually people will see that if he has enough time. Yeah, there, and there, there's just, there, and, and uh, Rob made a good point. There's no way in 2021, a, Tommy Frazier and uh, what Lawrence Phillips, that was that his name. There's no way they're going to Lincoln, Nebraska to play football. There, that's just like that's just not happening. <laughs> Agreed. Does it surprise you when I say University of Tennessee when you combine the big sports, football, basketball, baseball, is the most attended university in America it's to this day? They're a top five attended football school, oh. a top five attended basketball school, a sold out tiny baseball season. The women's basketball team is the second most attended women's basketball team. Does those facts and how bad the football team has been correlate? Um, well, so some of it is just pure so Tennessee has a, a really good fan base. Um, I'd say one of the top five fan bases in the country. It also helps that we have um, the largest facilities. You know, uh, take Thompson Bowling. Only I think uh, Louisville and maybe Rupp are the only two that are bigger than that. So I mean Chapel, and Chapel Hill. Chapel nice. Hill. So like um it's a numbers game for the attendance. I mean, I mean, Tennessee basketball sell, sells out or close to it every single night, every single game. So you're looking at, you know, you're lapping teams that are, I mean, you know, people that are good at both sports, Ohio State, um, Texas now, 
um, who else? Florida. You know, uh, I think Florida's new arena sits seats eleven thousand. So you get ten thousand more every single game. Those numbers are going to roll up. And right. you know, Neyland at eighty percent is probably what Florida is at. You know, ninety five, one hundred percent football. Um, but I mean, the fan base is there, and that's what's even more frustrating with our last decade or plus of just incompetence and hiring and coaching and and everything is that and like Raj says when Neyland is rocking and when the football team is good it's a great place to go tailgate watch a game atmosphere is fantastic um but it's just the I think in football the hope has just died <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing there's just no hope I mean you know, it's just, I mean, we look at our group chain. It's like, well, three more years, we'll get a new coach. You know, who's going to be the next coach already? Because we have Yeah. <laughs> but so if I may on that subject, uh, I agree. I think the joke is the only thing more popular in the state of Tennessee is Jesus. Uh, but Jesus offers perpetual hope, whereas Tennessee football offers nothing. Uh, there's not a ton to do in the area. And to see these fans fill up that stadium – I mean, people love family, and I don't want to pigeonhole or, or stereotype, but these fans just show up every year. It's 107,000. Uh, they deserve better, and I don't understand why. I mean, we can pinpoint certain things, but it, it, this is a very loyal fan base. There's no doubt. And, you know, it, I used to associate their basketball program with, I hate always bringing up USC, but as a football school, but, you know, Tennessee will sell out that arena. I mean, they've been good, but they'll still get, you know, 15,000, even when they haven't been great. Um, and, and that's not necessarily just because there's less, there's nothing to do in East Tennessee. Just kidding. There's less to do, but I mean, this is, this is a, the South is extremely loyal. I mean, it's in the DNA of people and uh, yeah, the fan bases are, I mean, no one else in the country, no other region compares. There's no doubt about that, but bottom line, Tennessee fans deserve much better than the last 20 years. Amen. I agree. And I bought my season tickets just the other day. But, <laughs> Robbie, one last question about this, and then we'll go back. But I want to ask you from both of your point of view. The two head coaches at Nebraska and Tennessee, their calling card, especially at Tennessee now, is, uh, ironically, they both have been – the last coach at US, UCF, their calling card is offense. If Heibel wins four or five games, but he plays a brand of football where they lose 45 to 30, does the fan base find hope in that fact that it just isn't the annihilations it's been at times? Um, yeah, well, I mean, the – the brand of football. So we're going um, – I, I mean, it's the pendulum swing, right? It's just we went from Butch Jones, an offensive guy, to Jerry Pruitt, a defensive guy. That didn't work out. Now we're going back to an offensive guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess what's the standard? I mean, the standard's no longer beating or competing with Alabama, right? I mean, because – but They're, that's not the standard for anybody. Uh, right. I mean, because Alabama's now an offensive juggernaut with a, a first-round draft pick at every position. Um, so, I guess, I mean, Georgia's an off – I mean, 
yeah, you can be fun. You can score points. Um, but unless we start recruiting and getting better talent and keeping talent, then, um, yeah, I mean, excitement. I mean, I remember when uh, Hal Mummy was at Kentucky and they would, you know, light up the scoreboard but always lose. I mean, I guess it's better than getting blown out, at least make it fun. Uh, this is in the perspective of 21 only. It's at okay. least – at least oh. more fun to be there losing oh, 25 yeah. to 28. Than- yes, absolutely. I mean, after uh, Pruitt and Jarrett uh, Garantano, yes. Any or Dano, Garantano, whatever. Yeah, yes. It, yes, first downs are exciting. Um, yes. <laughs> field, go- field goals are exciting. Yes, yes. I do think just being entertained, at least hearing Rocky Top play on first downs and touchdowns. Yes, just getting students back into it and and having hope. Um, yeah, I think is, is you know, will be will be good for the program. One thing I like about Hypel is he doesn't talk. There's so much rhetoric in Tennessee, you know, brick by brick from Butch Jones, Pruitt talking trash about the defense and how they're gonna improve. Lane Kiffin, don't get me started. Um, one of our Biggest fans asked who's the, the most incompetent hire a football coach. I would I'd probably go with first Butch and then yeah. Lane. But you know, there's a time where everybody bought the brick by brick, and I would hear how they're gonna win 10 games and all this stuff. Eiffel's not saying a word. And I think the team, you know, for me, it was obvious fans were not happy with play calling. The execution was poor, it was sloppy football. Uh, the turnovers mounted. Yeah, it's not all Garantano. You know, the line wasn't as good as they should have been. Receivers aren't running the right routes. Um, yeah, he forced the ball quite a bit, yeah. but you know he didn't commit the penalties that Tennessee committed. So if they can clean up their football, I think the country will notice, and so will recruits. Yeah, and uh, Brent uh, to, to touch on Brandon's uh, question, he talked. I agree with Raj. I think Butch Jones was the worst hire. Um, because he squandered the most talent. You give a competent coach that talent, and he should still be the coach, and he should be um, still employed with a, with, a, with a winning football program. Um, what's the problem is that the donors, the AD, et cetera, um, and Randall, I bet, can tap on this more than I can, but, Brandon, it, it's a unique situation. You have a lot of – wealthy donors and then you have the Haslam's who are the wealthy donors and they want it done one way and a group of donors may want another way and it's an internal fight in the Tennessee family against each other is that accurate Randall that is very very to the point and to the point where I think it causes dysfunction and that's how we ended up with Phil Fulmer in place as the AD yeah. is that you couldn't move in any direction because it's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's The only other place that I would think there's as powerful as a booster as Jim Haslam is, is T-Bone Pickens at uh, Oklahoma State. But T-Bone kind of stays out of the way. And, uh, Robbie, I think it's accurate when you say they are mass boosters that are all – it's like a war in North yeah. sometimes. It's well, the you, side and then everybody else. Well, you look you look at T. Boone Pickens uh, and you look at like Phil Knight. Um, th- they're the only show in town. Yeah. 
it, it, Tennessee, you have the Haslam's who have their their way. You have the Dish Network people. You have a lot of your you know behind the scenes. You wouldn't know you know multi multi hundred millionaires, and they're just they're at odds with each other. And it, it's it is can you can you ever risk the Haslam's pulling their unlimited funds of money away? Yeah, so many buildings. Right. Always given twenty-five million to this building. Always given thirty million to this building. And 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 to follow up with this, and it'll be the last point, um, Robbie. I think you're accurate in that it would take. And I hope Danny watched the guy. It's going to take a heck of a strong leader in that AD chair to figure this all out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. Sorry. Basketball's figured out. I think women's basketball's figured out. Baseball's figured out. Pay the man. All right, now you have to focus just on football and get, let's get this right. Let's let's give give Hypel the resources he needs um, to succeed. I agree. I agree. All right, guys, been a great uh, forty five minutes or whatever we're at, but. We still got some NFL and some NBA to get through, so let's push on down it. Uh, one of our big topics, and we probably spent more time on this topic than anything this week, we were basically a conversation about Super Bowl favorites led to all of us kind of going through the list and picking out a team who's not on that list that everybody brings up that could make it to a Super Bowl or even win a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go in order. Uh, uh, Robbie picked his team, and then I'll go, and then we're gonna let Rods be the anchor man on this one. Robbie, you made a quick decision, and I think a very good decision on the team that you picked. Uh, yeah, and so, so yeah, so what we did is, you know, the obvious favorites. We uh, eliminated that from our selections. We want to get kind of, you know, ball bounces the right way. Which teams can can make a run and, and win a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, my gut reaction uh, was the Chargers, and after looking into it more, um, really confident about that as far as being a, a French team that can make a run. Um, one, uh, assuming Aaron Rodgers, and this is all assuming Aaron Rodgers is, is not a Bronco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that changes everything. Uh but, uh, well, one, the Chargers are paired – well, the AFC West is paired with the NFC East, um, which I like. I think the Chargers sweep the NFC East. Um, they're going to get Washington uh, week one, um, which I like. Uh, the Chargers are early favors by one and a half. And so I like them to steal that game. And then um, I think they beat the other three, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants with ease. Um, they get Kansas City early, um, which, uh, you know, a split with Kansas City or even if Kansas City beats them twice, then I like the third matchup in the playoffs. Um, the, the the Chargers have what you need. They have uh, a good – a borderline or a really good quarterback. Borderline, okay, he can be the, the all the goods you need. Um, they have two running backs. They have depth running back with um, Eckler and um, Justin Johnson, Jackson, Justin Jackson. They've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, uh, 
Tyron Johnson on the side. You got uh, Jared Cook as a receiver. You have edge rushers, which is what you're going to need to, to defeat Kansas City because until anything else fails, Kansas City is your de facto. They're paired with – their AFC pairing is the AFC North, and so I think Pittsburgh is going to take a huge step back. I think Ben's old. They get them at the end of the season, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. So two, two, two really good – traditional teams they get at the end of the season they get the patriots and the steelers i would be shocked if the patriots aren't in uh transition from cam newton to mac jones at that time and i'm not sure big ben's got a full season in him and so i like those two teams uh the raiders took a big step back this year and i think they sweep the broncos uh the raiders you know with their first round draft pick we all saw kind of their state of mind so I, I I don't think the Chargers win the West. Obviously, I think KC is still leaps and bounds above everybody else. Um, but the char if the Chargers uh, have the market cornered on one thing, it is knowing how to play with either no fans or fans that are against <laughs> them. They they have they have seventeen road games a year, and so if a team well can go said. on the road in the playoffs and make a run, it is the Chargers. Well said. Nobody in L.A. really really cared <laughs> if they went there. They used to play where the L.A. Galaxy plays in 27,000. It'd still be 90% Raider fans in that area. But the Raiders have a big L.A. following. I'm interested to see in SoFi what happens, the new brand-new stadium. Uh, you know, L.A. has a lot of transplants. There's a lot of things to do. It's pretty nice out weather-wise. You've got to win to be successful there, to draw people. It helps if you're entirely conceived from that area. And everyone knows the Chargers came from Kansas City and, or San Diego, uh, where I went to college. And, and, you know, basically we're in L.A. by default. But, you, you know, they market well. Everybody loves the baby blues. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I, had, I did not think uh, Herbert would be this good. I've said that before. Um, you know, they did well in free agency. If Derwin James can stay healthy, they signed Chris Harris from Denver, and that guy's a monster. Um, you know, obviously I'm biased with the Uchenna Nuosu. They drafted Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. That is a fast defense. And the offense, I think, is already proven. You know, and they, and they got Rashawn Slater, too, the kid out of Northwestern. Uh, offensively, I think we know what they have, oh, and Jared Cook. Um, but defensively, I think they took a big step up. And uh, they did lose Casey Hayward, but, you know, replace him with Chris Harris Jr. Uh, I think they'll be fine. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a great pick, Rob. Um, Time out real quick before we get to um, Raj's team. It looks like Giannis just tore his ACL. Wow. I know. Well, there were. Trey's not playing, but if that no. happens, that's that's Dunzo. That's oh my god. Giannis is uh down, it's not moving. Well, he's getting up now, we'll see. All right, so sorry, just hey, maybe rushed. he'll Paul Paul Pierce it and uh get wheelchaired and to the locker room yeah. and come back fine in twenty minutes. Such a diva, that guy. So worst. I picked the Arizona Cardinals kind of ahead of Raj. I I really love what the Cardinals did in the offseason. 
they added a lot of leadership in AJ Green, JJ Watt, Malcolm Butler, and even um, some pieces that they picked up that may not be household names, like Robert Alford. Um, the, a, a strange pickup they made that I think is great, Mac Prater, a consistent all-pro type kicker. Uh, you now have a defense that's based around Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt playing on the same side of the football field and rushing from the strong side of the field. Uh, they did take a couple of hits on defense. They lost to Bron J. Campbell. They lost Patrick Peterson. On the offensive side of the football, I've never had any doubt that they could score. They did make a change at running back where they let Kenyon Drake walk, uh, Chase Edmonds, but they did add James Conner, which I don't love that move, just so we know it. I don't love that move. What really intrigues me about this team is the change at wide receiver. A.J. Green has sat around in Cincinnati and basically rotted for about five years, wanting out become so unproductive that his window to get out finally was being this bad. Uh, and now you have a defense that, I mean, a, a set of receivers that three years ago I would put on par with the Titans combo of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. If you had told me in 2018 DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green are going to be on the same football field, I would have been, okay, let's go. Also, a much maligned Kyler Murray. I guess I'm the last guy that really, truly believes Kyler Murray can play quarterback at five foot seven, but I really think Kyler Murray can play quarterback at five foot seven. Now, all that that I said about the Cardinals, the one thing that truly scares me with the Cardinals, Robbie, was kind of the opposite take of what you had, that the schedule was manageable for the Cardinals. So I want to I want to read you guys, the, I mean the Chargers. I want to read you the first ten games of the Cards season. Ooh. Uh, they open up the year at Nashville and the Tennessee Titans. I don't like that for the Cardinals. The next they they at home get Minnesota with a now a Patrick Peterson that's on Minnesota's team in a very much grudge situation. Uh, they then, at Jacksonville, very winnable game. Fourth game of the year, they go to the L.A. Rams and play. The Chargers could, I mean, the Cards could easily be one in three. Yeah. The best. Then that division gets them a little bit. Follows up with the Niners. At Cleveland in week eight, a winnable game in, uh, sorry, a winnable game in week six, seven with the Texans. Week eight, the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football. Week nine, San Francisco's return to Arizona. And week 10, the Carolina Panthers. I don't know that anybody has a bigger first 10 games of the season to get through than the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's a schedule that can get out from under you and you start losing players' focus. Yeah, absolutely. And then you turn around and you close. And to me, this is a hard close. Christmas night at, at Indianapolis, 
at Dallas and at the Seattle Seahawks. As much as I like the Cardinals, does their schedule get away to that that it's unmanageable? So so, so they're at Tennessee and at Indy. Yes. Yeah. So the two hard teams from their division pairing, they're on the road. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that that they didn't the schedule makers didn't do them any favors. No. So they get um Obviously, they get Jackson Houston, Houston, huh? Houston and um, who am I missing? Jacksonville. Houston Jacksonville. and Jacksonville in Arizona. I mean, I love, I love what they did, but that schedule really scares me. Robbie, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I was I was I was just, it just brought me up to a point. Yeah, the 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 Chargers end with Houston, and it's like, does anybody know what? The heck, Houston's gonna look like like I oh, mean seventeen. Oh uh, goodness! All right, Raj. Raj, take us home. I know you love the Cardinals too. Um, does that schedule bother you? Oh yeah, and you know I did love the Cardinals, and that's why I actually asked to go last because um, you know I like I don't like the Chargers, but I thought that was a great pick. Um, I'm a big defensive addition guy. And the Cardinals were another team. Uh, missing, Losing Kenyon Drake is not uh, – by the way, Giannis is oh, he's limping back, but I bet you 20 bucks he'll come. That, that'll be my bet you're nuts. Giannis will come back and play in this game. Uh, the Cardinals, though, when I look at their additions, and it's like the old Raiders used to do. Like Al Davis believed in hiring, like, you know, old cast-off veterans. I mean, yeah, they get Chandler Jones back, and I love the draft pick, uh, Zayman Collins, so their linebacking core is going to be crazy. But, you know, and Rodney Hudson, the Raiders gave away one of the greatest centers of all time for nothing. Uh, but, you know, A.J. Green's 32. J.J. Watt, I don't think he's been that good and stayed healthy the last few years. Um, you know, Brian Winters, Malcolm Butler. I mean, is this 2014? Uh, I don't know if their additions are, are as – convincing as I thought they would be. Um, when I look at, you know, I love the Denver Donkeys more than any other team. If they get Aaron Rodgers with that secondary, forget about it. Um, yeah, I mean, they'd rival Kansas City, if not be better. Uh, you know, they signed Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller. Uh, they drafted uh, Sertan, the kid from Alabama, who's, yes. you know, that kid's amazing. Justin Simmons back there, yikes. I mean, I think really the key to Mahomes is get pressure after him, and they have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. So I'm a big defense guy. I considered the Washington football team because their defense is nasty. Uh, they're widely considered to be the best defense in the NFL. Offensively, though, you know, they signed Curtis Samuel, and they, they signed Fitz, and Fitz is not – you know, Fitz Magic, he, he's far more competent than Dwayne Haskins or anybody else that they've had. Um, you know, and they were in a lot of games last year, and that was with, you know, me at quarterback. Uh, and it's not the toughest division in the world. Coincidentally, I also consider Dallas. Uh, I think they have the best receiving core with Gallup. Uh, Amari Cooper, who he catches the most difficult balls in the world, but he'll drop like a five-yard wide open slant. Uh, and uh, C.D. Lamb, who ended up being the best receiver, in my opinion, from that that vaunted class from last year. Um, 
but I went with Cleveland. Uh, I I know it's Cleveland, but I think their additions were outstanding. Uh, the former Ram safety John Johnson the third, that guy is amazing. I, I don't think he gets his his due. Um, you know, even though they signed Jadavion Clowney, I, I think Clowney's kind of in the JJ Watt category of what have you done for me lately? I love the kid they drafted out of Notre Dame. Um, I wanted that kid for the Raiders. You know, Denzel Ward is still there at corner. Ronnie Harrison Jr. They're loaded. And, and, you know, I know Cincinnati will be improved, but I think Pittsburgh's on the way down. You know, I I think the question will be Baker. And I think Baker's the same height as Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's not Doug Flutie, by the way. He's 5'10", not 5'7", which is, you know, to – I don't believe that. That would be <laughs> agreed. Agreed. That that's the stated height. Um, I consider myself five ten. Also, ah, well, I was five ten when I was fifteen, and that's cool. But no, I'm just Me kidding. Too. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> I am now, but I wasn't. Um, I just think, you know, and Cleveland's a great sports town, and they were close last year. They were eleven and five. Um, the schedule isn't the easiest. But it's not the hardest either. And uh, they can run the ball. Obviously, the best running game in the NFL, in my opinion. So when it comes down to it, in running game, offensive line, rushing the passer, and secondary, they all they all get A's, in my opinion. So I think Cleveland actually could be a Super Bowl, not only a participant, but a champion. I agree. The only thing that bothers me looking at both of the picks that you guys made, it's the AFC seems to be a more of a gauntlet to run than the NFC. I almost feel like whoever gets hot out West, LA, the Cardinals, they're the main competition for the Bucks. To win in the AFC, you've, we saw it with the Titans a couple of years ago. They played two great games and an okay game, and it was over. Do you think, uh, both of you, is the AFC just top to bottom a better conference than the NFC at this point? Rob, you want to take it? Um, yes, in a nutshell. Um, well, I mean, if, if Rodgers leaves the NFC – you're, I mean, Breeze is gone. You're looking, at, you know, Atlanta is, is, you know, if he, they would have the fifth pick for a reason, or fourth pick, whatever it was. Um, you know, the NFC West is tough. The NFC East is trash. If Rogers leaves, the NFC North is, is pretty much trash. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the AFC, you have the Bills, Super Bowl contenders, Baltimore, Super Bowl contenders. The Chiefs Super Bowl contenders, Titans been the AFC Championship, and then the uh, second round of playoffs last year is Colts, um, decent. Then you have the Chargers, uh, you have Cincinnati, Cleveland. Look at our Super Bowl picks. Um, A lot of improving are, teams. Yeah, these are our sleepers. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's just tougher. Uh, AFC is just just much better. Even though the NFC actually won the Super Bowl, but um, the path to get there is harder than the AFC. It's certainly more competitive. 
yes. And I actually think the the Bucks had an easier path to the Super Bowl and was the fresher team in the Super Bowl. And got a home game for the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. And, I mean, I think a lot of the, the pandemic teams, like the Lakers, they're going to be worn out. And it's nearly – it's really hard, unless you're New England, to repeat in the NFL this day and age. Um, they've got a lot of aging veterans. You know, I, I think they're going to suffer a lot of more consequences, I mean, injuries, et cetera, than last year. I don't think they'll repeat. Um, another team real quick I wanted to bring up uh, uh, was the Rams. You know, I know San Francisco played defense, um, but don't sleep on Matthew Stafford. You know, they got a, a solid offensive line. It's not great. They did sign Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Mishon, as we used to call him, from California. Cal Golden Bears. But, you know, that's also what have you done for me lately. Hey, you know, he'll be the best game. Yeah, you go ahead and take him. But he's got Woods and Cooper Cup, though. So for once, you know, he's not the guy that everybody's going to key on. And that, that may be a guy who's 5'7", by the way. Uh, but, you know, they have the best interior defensive lineman in the league. They have the best cornerback in the league, in my opinion. Uh, when you got that stuff, I think you're going to be okay. And that's a winnable division. Seattle's on the decline. San Francisco, you know, we don't know. that they, they need to get a new trainer. Um, I think they'll be playing quarterback swappy with – yeah, Atlanta, Garoppolo at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about San Francisco. They're in the dumps. And they're competitive. You know, Arizona's good, obviously. But, uh, you know, the Rams have done pretty well. And I think so far, you know, the Rams were in L.A. And they're going to get a much bigger following than the Chargers. I assure you that. Unless the Chargers are 11 and 0 and the Rams are, you know, 5 and 6. It, is, um, talking about home field. Is there going to be any rowdier place in America than the Vegas Stadium this football season? No, but not necessarily for the Raiders, like we said before. Yeah, this is going to be crazy. The, the that stadium full capacity, all the people traveling again, tailgate and all not in the Coliseum in LA. I used to see a fight every ten seconds. I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to be the number one road destination, obviously. Yeah. Uh, security better be like next level outstanding. It's probably going to take four hours to get inside the stadium. Um, Randall, you okay over there? Am I talking yeah. too much? You're tired. No, 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 um, no. I had a root canal. I'm still numb. I was trying to get some feeling going. Jesus. Dude, you go through every like ailment possible, and you still show up and ready it's to go. It's so, old age. Hey, man, my back is messed up right now, but. You've been through the ringer, and much respect because you show up ready to go every week. Um, no, it's going to be crazy. But, you know, in L.A. also, the Cowboys would come to L.A. to the Coliseum, and it would be if the Raiders were terrible, which was more often than not, it would be 70% Cowboy fans. So it, it depends on what the Raiders are going to do. I think initially they're going to be, like I said, they're going to be, uh, you know, novel and – People are going to be stoked, and Raider fans are going to travel from Oakland, from L.A., uh, you name it. But if they don't win, there's going to be problems. And, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights were entirely born and conceived in Vegas. They started winning right away. They are the talk of the town, no matter what the Raiders think. I mean, the hockey team is the most popular thing. Granted, it's the, most, the only professional team, but uh, you know, they have to win. It's Vegas. I wouldn't show up if they suck. Yeah. You know, if they suck. And, and let me just piggyback on that. 
Um, everyone gives Gary Bettman a ton of crap about his league and his commissionership. There's been no better job of letting expansion teams be good from the onset and get build their fan base. Same thing happened in Nashville. Onset, yeah. 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 Uh, Predators, they came to Nashville playoffs. You know, they didn't make the they didn't make this cup the cup the first year, but they were in the playoffs almost every year on out, out on the get go. Like that's impressive. And that's a good way to do it. You instead of having teams like uh, you know, Houston who still sucks. Hey, how about the Atlanta Thrashers? How are they doing? Um, they're in Winnipeg now, man. Up in up exactly. in Canada where people care. And th- did they come from Winnipeg? Were they the original Winnipeg Jets? I can't remember. Or were they like a brand new team? The Thrashers were a startup team. Yeah. And so that didn't make it, but I think so that was Atlanta's before, like LA. I think you that know, was before that, though. I think. Ah. Fair. The attorney. Uh, that, that well done. Well, Facts matter, man. It does. Very true. They do. Well, guys, um, anything else to add on a Super Bowl contender? Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, I wanted to, I wanted to take the Titans, but that was all limits. That Titans Charger game, our Titans coach Cardinals game to open the season is going to be very interesting. Yes, those teams. We had an NBA segment uh, playing out, and looking at Twitter right now, we are looking at what we had played out. Uh, we knew Trey Young wasn't going to play tonight. Uh, we know that Phoenix has been the walking wounded, wounded at one point. Are injuries derailing the fun of the NBA playoffs at this point? Would would a game five without Trey Young and Giannis just be the Bucks versus the Hawks? I don't know that no team, no 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 other league other than the NBA depends on their stars to draw attention and eyes more the NBA. And, Robbie, you've been very vocal about it. Is injuries just derailing a great playoff? Well, um, so a couple things. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, the injuries are playing a huge role. And it's, and it's, it's whoever's going to limp to the championship is going to win. Whoever's healthy enough is going to win. Um, Adam Silver – Better be taking note, and they better not start in late October, early November, or this is going to happen again. You've got to push the season back, and there's it, it. It will be a catastrophe if these guys keep getting hurt and hurt and hurt. Um, COVID was an off year, and this is learning on the fly, but. Adam Silver's got to learn, and he's got to learn quick. This this is not a good product. Um, I think ratings are up because it's in late June and July, and there's not a whole lot going on, but they're not going to be up when you put them back into late May um, when baseball's still exciting before you get to dog days of summer. Um, but, I mean, you may have. If if Milwaukee somehow wins a series and you have a Bucks without Giannis against Phoenix or or the Clippers without Kawhi, I mean, it's just yeah, just just wake me up when whoever wins. 
Right. I, you know, I, I agree entirely. I've said this before. LeBron James said it, it was not only the physical lack of uh, recuperation time, but it was also the mental. Um, no other sport is like basketball. In football, I think out of the 60 minutes or yeah, or 48 minutes, I can't remember, they, they played 12 or 15, but there's like 17 minutes of actual playing time. Now, granted, obviously, there are two trains on the same track, but in baseball, you obviously have downtime. Uh, hockey is, is pretty similar to the NBA, but you can make switches. You usually have three to four uh, you know, teams that you can run out there, uh, meaning lines rather. Um, the NBA is, you know, stars play constantly. And that's what amazed me about LeBron James being his age. No player in history has been this effective. That's a different topic, but at his age. Um, but there was, there was nothing. I mean, if you could make a pandemic season, then I agree with Rob that you should have pushed it back. I mean, it, it's not you, – you've already bent the rules, if you will. Um, it, it's no secret why these guys are getting hurt. Uh, especially the playoff teams. Trey Young had bad luck. That hasn't been a playoff team, um, you, you know. But they also didn't have as much rest as usual. Trey Young's young. Uh, Trey Young is young. Um, but you know, Milwaukee deep in the playoffs every year. The Lakers. I mean, they were dead. Uh, you know, Phoenix is like Atlanta. They haven't been in the playoffs since you know Barkley and KJ. Uh, you know, the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard probably the most effective playoff player in the league aside from playoff Paul, who now actually I say that out of respect. Yeah. Uh, he's hurt. You know, you know, the teams that are in the playoffs are, are largely banged up and we just saw Giannis get helped off again. My bet your nuts was, was him coming back, but you know, he's, he is Euro after all. Uh, well, down you know, 20, there's no reason to bring him back now. Yeah, now they won't because Atlanta somehow is up 25. It's at home. And when the, the Hawks – it's a great basketball town. I've said that before. Uh, not necessarily a Hawks fan town because it is Atlanta. There's tons of stuff to do. It's a great basketball town. Um, but, yeah, I mean, most teams that have been competitive and gone deep, you know, they're dead. And, and Silva really effed it up because ratings are higher right now because fans matter, you know. Uh, but – you know, they've lost a lot of superstars. And there's a reason why the superstars and the guys that plays 48 minutes are hurt. Yep. All right, Robbie. I think uh, I think Rod said it well. You got any more to add to that? Um, just one quick thing. And this is this is, I just thought of it while Rod was talking. It's gonna be interesting if Chris Paul wins a championship this year. He's the head of the Players Association. If he gets his ring, how does that affect negotiations on next year? Great point. Great. Um, do they start on time, or do do they get pushed back? And and where does this this season start? It, it's just just something to keep your eye on if Phoenix wins. Well, it appears right now the Hawks are on their way to making this two two. And there's still time left. It's only twenty one, but if Giannis is out, they're in trouble. Does Trey Young have a chance to come back in game five or was that publicized or? It's a right foot bone bruise. Uh, if it's a legit bone bruise, no, you're not playing on that. Uh, that hurts. Uh, I have a slight experience with that. Obviously, I'm not an NBA player, but that's a legit injury. Um, and for a young kid, 
superstar not to play, you know he's hurt. Um, it, I think it. I think it depends on Giannis. If Giannis is done, then you sit. If Hawks win tonight and Giannis is done, you sit Trey out for the next game. Give him extra rest, and then. If you're the Hawks, you can beat the Bucks two times in a row without yeah. getting this out there. Yeah, so absolutely. you give Trey the extra rest and you go win two in a row. People said the same thing about Trey not playing tonight. And if you're the Bucks, you should beat them. They're going to be without their superstar. They're going to be at home. Uh, Milwaukee's an insane sports city. So it's certainly not a given is my point. Right. I would take my game. I, I'd bet that, though. You've had everything, well, so that's fair. What a lead-in to bet your nuts. Guys, I went through, I think, every pick, and I tried to really compile it this week. So we're going to keep this list going until the start of football season, and then we'll start again. Right now, as near as I can tell, I've been on a losing streak. Rob's been hot, uh, and Mookie there has been about 500. I think we each have 11 victories. I have one still pending, but we're right. Throw a towel over us. We're right there. So let's push out the next two months and name the, the first ever Bet Your Nuts champion. Then we'll run a pool where we pool and have it posted on River City for football season. Sounds like a plan to you guys. You're the boss. We're just here. Yeah, yeah we're, dude. That's what we're doing. I'm just going to let you know. We're just right, eye candy. What's your bet your nuts this week? Um. All right. So, keeping with my racing theme. So, this is. What got you hot was racing. Yeah, this is about as big of a lock as you can have with these odds. So, you have. The favorite on Sunday is Chase Elliott. The number two favorite is Kyle Larson. Larson is the hottest driver, the leading the point standing in uh, the playoff points in uh, NASCAR this year. He's won four of the last five races. They both drive for Hendricks Motorsports. You can get a Hendrix Motorsport car to win the race at minus 155. Oh, wow. So that you have two cars for the price of one, and they are the top two favorites to win. So my bet your nuts pick this week is a Hendrix Motorsports car, and you get um, number, you get, uh, uh, Byron and Alex Bowman. Uh, so Byron took over the 24 car, which was Jeff Gordon, and Bowman took over the 48 car, which was Jimmy Johnson. So you get those two for free with the top two favorites at minus 155. So Hendrick Motorsports to win the race on Sunday is my bet you're not pick. All right, Rod, you're up next. I like that pick, by the way, Robbie. I really, I'll bet that. Yeah, I mean, it's different from that one time where you picked that one dude out of like 50. That was insane. I mean, the odds were certainly stacked, uh, at least in my opinion. 
uh, if you pick a racing team, what do you have like ten guys or something in the race? I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the. Uh, it's for people. I'm doing it for the people, Roz. Not for me. For the people. Whose people? Our not people. Mine. Our viewers. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Now, nah, I mean, racing is a ridiculously difficult thing to pick, in my opinion. Uh, you never know what's going to happen, right? I, I, per usual, I was a. It's funny in everything but sports. I'm very decisive. I've been so jaded by sports through the years that I'm not sure what to do tonight. I was, I'm tempted to go with Kevin Gausman, and this is it's zero zero the Giants versus the Dodgers, uh, the two teams with the two best records. I think Boston's tied with LA, but the Giants have the best record in the league. It's because of pitching. Uh, as Braves fans, to watch Kevin Gausman be have a one four eight ERA and be like ten and zero, that's got to stink. Six and six point nine in Atlanta for his stay. ERA. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, AT and T or whatever they call the Giants Pacific Bell, whatever they call it now, is a pitcher's park. But uh, this dude's been crazy, and I was leaning towards Walker Bueller because Walker Bueller's nasty. You know, we were watching earlier the kid and I. You know, Game Six last year in the playoffs, and that dude was throwing a hundred in the seventh. He had not lost – the Dodgers had not lost a start until last time he started for 22 straight games, 22 or 23. So I was going to go with the Dodgers, but uh, tonight, you know, game already started. I think the Dodgers were minus, like, 150. Yes. I hate this pick, but if Kawhi doesn't play, Phoenix is minus one. I think the trend in the NBA – People think the home team's going to win. Usually the road team shows up, especially after a home loss. So I hate doing this because Arizona sucks. But Zonies, um, man, zonies. Yeah, they're worse. Uh, it's California rejects. Everyone knows that. Um, I'm going with the Suns minus one. I hate to say that, but tomorrow I'm going with the Suns minus one. So – my, my bet your net's a little complicated, and, and I'll keep track of it. But the Braves are in a 12-game stretch where they're absolutely, by the all-star break, will be buyers or sellers. They get the Mets in this. They get the Marlins in this. I think it's the most critical stretch the Braves have through the year. I like the Braves – put a hundred on every money line for the next 12 days and you come out plus $200. So I You're going to have to keep track of that one, dude, because I've got a chance. Yep. The next 12 days. Uh, and I, I think if they don't win, I'm telling you, I think they win eight of 12. That's where I'm kind of setting at. You got to take that. If there's one sport where you're substandard at the halfway point and you can come back and turn it around, whether or not it's free agency, it's baseball. Uh, that's so a good team. That's 37-40. So you're betting 1200 bucks to win 200 yeah, you're, 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 you're talking to the house right now. Yes. Okay. 
Well, yeah. I mean, not, can we can we take those odds? Can Robbie and I take those odds? Because yeah, I'll, be, I'll I, bank I, it I'll right be, now. I'll be the, I'll be the bookie. Yeah, I'll I, bank it right now, dude. I, I don't know that I won't play this a little differently. I'm just saying <laughs> I will track it. Hey, hey, I've I've every single bet my nuts pick. I've actually bet it. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. bet all twelve of them too. I think the Braves have a chance. The way the pitching falls in the next twelve, they get. Three Max Freed, three Indiana Anderson, and three Smiley starts. So nine of the 12 games, I think they'll be a favorite. And their back's against the wall. So I think it's more than 200. I'll stick with that eight and four number. The Braves go eight and four over the next 12. Pittsburgh and Miami yeah. blow. And yeah, they have nine games against them. So, but, you know, baseball is to a lesser effect, if you will. Uh, analogous to basketball in the sense they didn't have the same offseason. The Braves went super deep in the playoffs. So did the Dodgers. The Dodgers have lost multiple guys. The Braves have lost ridiculous amount of players. Soroka being out is a killer. Um, Azuna, that's a different story. And that's a winnable division. And nobody's really that great. Um, so I don't dispute that. I don't think the Mets are that for real, if you will. They get them at home. They're at Pittsburgh, and then at Miami. Um, you know, if you say eight out of twelve, I would have to. You gotta. You know, you gotta. That's you should bottom line that and take it because I had to take Phoenix. Bottom line, I loathe Phoenix. All right, bottom that's cool. line, eight out twelve. Actually, looking back on it, um, do y'all think the NFL even tested any players for COVID? Like they're the only ones that just. They just went along their business, like no, yep, yeah, no big deal. Like, here's here's our schedule. We're we're playing it. They yeah. did on hard knocks, but after hard knocks, no. I think it was yeah. weak testing at best. Yeah, it, it's that's like the uh, the drug test when you report to training camp. It's not a drug test; it's a stupid test. Yeah. All right, guys, it's, I I can't believe this show goes by so fast. Episode seventeen's in the book. Um, 17. Wow. 17. That's crazy. We've actually showed up 17 times. So, uh, me 16. What's the number, <laughs> what's the number of views at? Like 50,000 somehow? Like, it was I, I, engagement. Engagement is very different than views. I, it was, it, uh, it broke 40 one time. Um, hey, the, 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 that, uh, that hate mail we got last week, did we, is he, is he back or do, if you can, I have not seen him. I love uh, that guy. He's yeah. Only compliment. But to Roger's point, we got um, – there was one seven-day period, two shows that got 14,000 views. I mean, 14,000. That's the population of Cleveland, I think. Tennessee. Tennessee. I better uh, lose some weight, dude. This pandemic effect, I gained the freshman 15. If we got that many views uh, – Never mind. I love my wife, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. But hey, wow, hey, it, it's kind of crazy. Have, we don't. We don't have any groupies. I can assure you that. No. Yeah, no, no doubt. No, no. no doubt. Other than uh, Chain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chain. will uh, be. Chain and I love are working you. on a show for him to host on our network that will be college football based, and uh, maybe we'll have. We're going to have it ready by um, the start of football season, but Chain's going to be a big part of that show. 
and I will appear occasionally, but it's going to be more of our group of friends, a more open forum for them to appear. Uh, I watch and mute everything. Is that, Chain, is that a good thing? Chain, I'll come on anytime. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very photogenic as opposed to Randall and Rob, but we're, we're having trouble with figuring out when to have it, you know? Probably during college football season. But I, I mean, know. no, but if you do it on Sunday, you're right in the middle of NFL. If you Thursday. do it on Monday, you know. We also have you, an NFL game Thursday. Yeah, and we've got Tuesday shut out. It's got to be Wednesday. Friday is a tough night, but Wednesday would probably be it, but NFL injury designations don't happen, to, or rather colleges as well. They don't necessarily happen on Wednesday. So, uh, so hey, if, if, I, if I could get a 30-minute uh, – window each week of convincing everybody why they should trade with me for fantasy football i'd appreciate that uh, you you know what we're gonna have a conference call in the next week or two weeks probably after the fourth <laughs> holiday and and again there's amazing things happening on river city media i can't host every show or be on every show so i'm trying to be i'm trying to get in that executive producer role so, uh, change already hired you, I think, just then, Robbie. Uh, but I know, I know, um, my friend D Swain, Dennis Swainy, uh, from the other show I was on before this, the D Swain show, has showed some interest in, in doing us. The way we envision it is to have, like, just if Ohio State has a big game, we'll have somebody that knows Ohio State on. If USC has a big game, we'll have somebody that knows USC kind of a rolling cast of characters. So, but that's not my big news. My big news is about this show in the network in general. Uh, final details are being rubbed, uh, finalized. Final details are being finalized, but we are opening our own Patreon account where you can donate to us and help us expand this. If you enjoy this, there's, we're not asking for $10 million. We're not TV preachers. Well, but if you have $10 million. But if you have it. But what we do now have is some swag, some stickers, some hats, some T-shirt. If you would like to support us, and what we're going to use the money for is not to go into Robbie's pocket or Randall's pocket Wait, or what? anybody's pocket. We're going to use it 100% need it. To, to expand uh, the programming, the network, our equipment, which we all need some more equipment. And you will receive every three months a nice little swag bag from River City Media. Uh, I'm not sure what the total dollar you need to de- donate per month. But, I mean, like, you know, we'll do one month. You'll get a free T-shirt and a couple of stickers. Uh, three months, you might get a hat and a a little poster we're having built. Don't forget they're getting free gambling advice. Uh, yeah. yeah. My uh, studio's my you see my oven in the background right now my studio's my kitchen. Yeah. Um now for real we do, you know Robbie and I and Randall we do this uh for fun I, it, it's not something that we bankroll. Uh we all have families. It, it's a bit different. The money wouldn't <laughs> anything uh, gathered or raised rather would not never go in someone's pocket unless yes. Robbie and I go to Vegas and we would go, uh, and then we'll, we'll split the profits with the people that donate. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, yeah, you, me and 
everyone at Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> One other thing that you're going to get is um, maybe maybe you'll get some custom content that's only for Patreons uh, of River City Media. Oh yeah, uh, it's definitely the wave of the future, and my buddy Duke's doing it on his channel. He calls it a uh, fright bag every three months. We'll just call <laughs> it a River City bag, but definitely it's going to. We'll have more details next week. The other thing I want to bring up, and then I'll I'll hush is uh, I want to I want to congratulate a man of his word, and that man of his word is Robbie Davis. And, and he stuck it out there. Allison raised the money. And Robbie, thank you for stepping up to the plate for uh, maxing all donations over the last week, which I think cost you about four figures. But, man, you're a man of your word. Thank you. But, hey, send us money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, my, my money goes to charity. We're asking you guys for charity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we absolutely. are definitely not charity. We are the opposite of anything good. Yeah, I don't think we're a 501C, so you won't get a tax donation, but you'll feel good, which is half of the battle of charity anyways. Um, no, it was, it was, it was uh, I, I said it on air, and so I had to match it. Um, it went to good calls, and um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, we, I think we want to be as a show and as a entity is have fun. And uh, if we can help people out, uh, we will. Carry the message to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Roger's final, final words must've been short, Robbie, cause he dropped. Do you have any final words? Um, yes. So, uh, and I think we've talked about this, um, on the show where was when does football season start clicking into you? Uh, apparently, it's this week for me. I've started thinking about uh, fantasy football, and I've started looking at our draft calendar, and then getting looking at getting uh, printoffs and magazines, and getting really ready for my draft strategy. As everyone in our league knows, my drought. Uh, has uh, been way too long, and so um, I'm starting to think about fantasy football, and I'm getting ready for the NFL, and I am very confident in my draft strategy. We've got the weekend picked out. Looks like we're going to the lake again this year, and so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, this year, more than any, um, I you know we. We don't see each other all that often, but this year's been these last two years have been the the longest we haven't really seen each other. So I'm looking forward to getting back with you guys in a couple of months or a month and a half. And so um, that's my takeaway: is football season's around the corner, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Get down. Sorry, I'm talking to Phoebe Girl, my dog. She likes to sit here and watch us. Matt, um, sorry to straight up 2008 dropped the call like sprint or t-mobile uh it just happened and i'm not gonna say my carrier but i'm not stoked with them um yeah man i mean okay. we're about AT &T to, it is at&t we're about to get in the good stuff you know right now we have the oh oh capella just went down but uh sorry the, the hawks are gonna move on or not move on but they're gonna force another game um or wait, is it going to be 3-2? Is that what it is? I'm supposed to be the NBA well, guy. It's going to be 2-2. Wow. Oh, okay. Still, that's 
pretty impressive without Trey Young. Uh, then again, a guy that shoots 50 times a game in a team sport, you know, maybe it's saying something. Um, but no, I, I, you know, we're about to get in the good stuff. There's no doubt about it. Fall is the best time of the year when it comes to sports. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think I'm pretty stoked. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good time this year because it's the first time after the pandemic that you know everything's going to be going theoretically, you know, hundred percent full on. So get ready. All right, y'all. I'm I'm with you. I think you two both carried the same message. Football is coming. Oh yeah. So uh, for- even though all of our teams are going to suck. Still football. That's what fantasy football is for, right? All my teams are going to suck. I mean, I'm I'm looking at times are going to be good. I'm looking at straight up eleven and twenty four is what I came up with with all my teams. So (laughs) wow, quite a calculation. (laughs) All right, guys, Raj Mata and Robbie Davis. This is Three R Sports, and we appreciate your patriotism and whatever it is. I've uh, had a root canal. I'm going to bed. Until next week. Until next week. Hey, straight Uh, up a holiday weekend. Oh, yes. Yeah. Be safe. Happy birthday, America.